Welcome to The Shaleen Show. Shaleen is a New York Times bestselling author, celebrity fitness trainer, and obsessed with helping you live your dream life. Hey there. Thanks so much for joining me for this episode of The Shaleen Show with my special guest, Brett Johnson. Ooh, that was aggressive. Hey, listen, guess what? We've also got some exciting news for you. In February, Brett will be releasing by popular demand his Hangry Chef Cookbook. If you want to be first on the list and if you would like to receive his complete guide to all of his Hangry Kitchen essentials, please go to... It's hangrychefguide.com. Now, it's the kitchen essentials. Okay. It's not recipes yet. Right, of course. Well, no, there's some people that go there and they get upset that there's not recipes there. It's everything that you're going to need to have an advance for mm. when the book comes. Well, and they're just, even if you didn't get the book, these are things you should have in your kitchen. You should right? have them in your, yes. But can I tell you something? What? Do you know why people get upset? Why? Because they're very excited about your book. People like to eat. So they want new food opportunities. Yes. And we're going to get to the stuff in just a second. But I do want to get you really excited about this ebook because in my personal opinion, through my personal research, I don't think there's ever been a book like this before. Brett, as you know, is a coach and he is a cooking coach. He's not a chef, but he's a cooking coach. And he's actually going to, when the book comes out, you're going to get an MP3 for each and every recipe when you download the ebook. And he will actually coach you through the recipe. And he's pretty funny. And anyways, without further ado, thank you so much for joining us on The Shalene Show. How to get your partner to do something they might not want to do. So today we wanted to share with you a topic that, well, we've got some experience in because we've been married for over 20 years. We've been together for 25 and we're pretty good at getting the other one to do stuff. That and it's they- kind of a timely topic too. It is? Well, I think a lot of people are like, because with New Year, people are wanting to try new stuff and try new things. So I think some people have a tough time talking to their spouse, you know, approach on trying something maybe new. Yeah. I think think that's very true, especially because when you start doing like a little assessment of yourself and what you need to improve upon, you can't help but think, about the people around you going, I wonder, do they know they need to do a little assessment? Do they know that they need to make some improvement? So it's probably true that you start to look at your spouse and go, um, so are you going to set some goals? Mm-hmm. You said it's a great topic. Okay, cool. So how do you get your partner to do something they might not want to do? First of all, I want to say this. I'm talking about you truly think they should do because it's in either their best interest or your best interest as a couple. I'm not talking about trying to convince your partner to do something that's detrimental to your relationship or just really self-serving for you, you know, so let's just set that as a preface initially. And then what I mean by getting them to do something that they might not want to do, I'm talking about, like Brett said, maybe it's losing weight or getting on an exercise regimen. Maybe it's going to therapy. Maybe it's seeking help for an addiction. Maybe it's teaching them we've got to do something about getting on the same page when it comes to our finances or parenting or closing the pantry door or making the bed or trying a new sport. Like, can you think of other things that we've talked each other into doing? Going to bed earlier. Oh, yeah. Or like giving up classes. Not watching as much TV yeah, or limiting TV. Getting out the door on time. Yeah. Accountability, like what time we stop eating at night. So food again. Well, then Um, that's something we both want to do. Like something that you maybe talked me into or I talked you into that initially neither of us really wanted to do. Well, time, like focusing on time. Uh I mean, getting places on time. Uh, 
I got you. So here are our four tips. And we are not here to tell you that we are perfect. Please let us be clear about that. We're not relationship experts. We're not going to write a book about marriage. And we're not going to write a book about parenting. Even though it's very kindly sometimes suggested by you guys, which we really appreciate. But we're not going to do that because, I don't know. I think everybody has their own approach and I don't know, it's just one of those things we wouldn't want to do, but we do like helping people by sharing our own best practices. And so we thought this would be a great time, especially because we're very excited about Brett's new book coming out. And for those of you who have been asking for it, cause you know, like Brett is the chef in our relationship. I'm the talker. I'm the talker. He is the chef. And he's got a new cookbook coming out in February. So if you want to get on the list, he's a coach. And this is not really a cookbook. It's a, <laughs> I know, right? It's actually a coaching book. Like he's going to coach well, you through the recipes. Food recipes. It's just going to, we're going to have like a little twist. So instead of getting, like I was explaining this to my tattoo artist, her name's Haley. You really kind of say that, like yeah. my, my tattoo artist. My tattoo artist. Like we, we've already like planned the next ink run and planned the date and everything like that. And she's really cool and she likes food. She likes healthy food. So she was asking me about it. And I told her the concept that instead of just getting pretty pictures of food and the recipe and like then when you cook it, it doesn't like turn out the same the way it looks or you're just like not sure about how to do this step or that step. I'm actually cooking every recipe that's in the book real time and I'm being recorded so that when you download the ebook, you're also going to have the option to download an MP3 of me speaking to you, which is so cool because I can like see all these like, like me, I can see housewives. I can see spouses. I can see husbands like with surround sound playing me oh. throughout the house. You'd have to turn down a little bit. Yeah. But yeah it's really cool. Cause you know, like for me, when I have a recipe, I'm always like, is this too much? Is this what it should look like? Should it be bubbling? And so he actually coaches you through it. It's pretty cool. Anyways, if you want to get on that list, you go to hangrychefguide.com. It's like angry with an H in front of it because when he's cooking, he's hungry. So hangrychefguide.com. Okay, our number one tip. If you want to get your partner to do something, you know they're not going to be crazy about this idea. Timing's the number one tip. That's right. And I've learned because I really had to adjust this one for Shalene because I'm one of those people that like has a memory that can remember a bunch of things and I can have a lot of things on my brain at one time. So for instance, I can be booking for a flight, a hotel, doing a practice plan, writing out some goals and all doing all this at once and kind of keep it straight. And Shalene's brain doesn't work that way. So in order for me to like change her or give her some suggestions on something that I want to do for both of us or I want her to do for me or something, timing is of the utmost important when I go to approach her. What I mean by that is I need her focus and her attention. So if she's about ready to go on camera, if she's in her creative mode from like 11 to 2, if she hasn't worked out all day and she's going downstairs to go work out, it's not, hey, honey, I got this idea that I want you to start doing. That's true. The best time is when she's relaxed and not necessarily like she's done a full work day and then hit it with her because she's exhausted. It's like when there's not much going on, like, and there's lots of times during the day that that happens, but pick that one. And don't get so crazy anxious to like drop this you know, whatever you want to do 
you know, we listed a bunch of things off at the beginning, you know, whether mm-hmm. it's like get on the same food plan, entice somebody to do some therapy or just whatever. Or like go on a trip with your in-laws or, you know, just anything, you know, your partner's not going to want to yeah. do. Go out to dinner with a business associate that they don't like to do, you know, just whatever it might be. It's just timing is huge. And I know to approach Shalene, I need to make sure that there's not like a crazy schedule in front of her or that she wants to go get a workout. I want some downtime. I want her focus to be right here on me. Mm-hmm. And I think that helps. That's very, that's very good. For me, so I think timing is different for every partner and you have to pay attention to it and you can't, you know, remember what it is you want and don't be selfish about like, I need to get this handled now. It's about timing. For Brett, I can tell his mood. If he's in a bad mood, I'm not going to ask him or even not even in a bad mood. Like he's got a lot on his plate or he's seems hungry. I'm not going to ask him. And if there's something I really, really want, like I really need him to say yes. The best time to ask you is right after sex. Before I go to bed? Yep. (laughs) Like not before, not in the middle, like right after. I'm like, pretty much, pretty much can ask for anything I need right now. Pretty much. Yeah, that's an ideal time. Honey. What? Like when we finish having sex and you go, honey, I am so thirsty. It's not like immediately. I wait. No, like you wait like three minutes. You're like. Three minutes. Sometimes I wait like five. I'm so thirsty right now. Will you go get me something to drink with a bunch of ice cubes in it? And meanwhile, like, you know. But I not, not just a drink. I'll ask for, like, big things, too. I'm like, oh, by the way, honey, I forgot to tell you that my parents are going to be staying here for two weeks. Yeah. Is that cool? And he's like, sure, whatever sure. you want. <laughs> it looks as though that's a very common trait for many of the people watching right now. Great conversations always happen after sex. I don't know if the great conversations do, but the best request, if you want a yes, that's a good time to get it. Okay, the number two suggestion that we have for you to get your partner to do something that you know they're not necessarily going to be excited about is to plan for it, prepare for it, prepare for it by doing a boatload of stuff that you don't normally like to do for them first. Like, And I don't think of it as manipulation, it's just... We treat people the way we want to be treated. And so if you are doing a lot of things for your partner that are a sacrifice and that you don't necessarily love doing, they take note of that. They take note when you're being selfish and they take note when you're being selfless. And so I think the bigger the ask, the more important it is that you act selflessly. Like, for example, you know, there's certain things like that are really important to me that aren't that important to Brett and vice versa. And so we... You know, we know that that's really important to each other. And sometimes you just forget. But when you do that for the other person, they tend to do more for you that they might not love doing. Right? Yeah, I would agree with that. I think this is one of those ones that if you practice it, it almost becomes habit. So you don't really have to think about it. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like when you were using the word selfish, right? And I think both of us in our relationship, we're not selfish towards each other. Like we both look for opportunities to help each other out Mm -hmm. as much as we can. So I think that for us, we've learned to do that. And it's almost become second nature. But if you're not used to doing that, then this is a huge step. And you just can't like dive right in and ask that big question if you've been selfish. So for instance, for the fellows out there. So let's say, for instance, you have a big ask of your wife and you travel a lot or something and you don't see the kids that much or whatever. Or that's one of the things that you need to work on. And you're coming home and immediately going out somewhere else. Mm -hmm. 
all the time or something yeah. like that. And then coming home and going, okay, I need this. Yeah. Maybe you need to be a little bit less selfish in that way. And maybe like, Hey honey, why don't you go out and get some errands done? I'm going to stay home with the kids. I'm going to make dinner tonight and you go get your errands done. So if you start doing trade-offs like that, I think it helps. I agree. And I think that's a really good point. And I see a lot of couples who are not great at communicating do this. They see that their partner's like not noticing that they need help, let's say. And then they start being passive aggressive. In other words, they know that their wife needs help with the kids. They know that. They know it. But because they haven't been asked, they purposely or intentionally do things so that the wife has to struggle. Or you know that your husband likes the house quiet when he comes home from work, but yet you're angry with him because he hasn't helped you with certain things. So you don't take any special care to make sure that the house is quiet when he comes home. And then I think it turns into this horrible cycle where people tend to, they're like, well, you're not doing for me, so I ain't doing for you. And then it keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And it only takes one to stop the cycle. Like both of you don't have to stop the cycle. Right. You might. Right. You, most people think like, well, both of us got to stop. No, just if one person stops it and starts treating the other person with a little bit more kindness and respect and like all of a sudden the other person will start happening. It's mm -hmm. the same thing. So so when it starts revolving around bad, 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 you can go the other way really fast just mm -hmm. with one person doing a little bit more work. That's a good point. Our number three tip is to examine your approach. So oftentimes I hear from people all the time in social media, people who call in after listening to a podcast or on Periscope, Facebook, Twitter, and they will say, I have tried and tried and tried and I cannot get my girlfriend to work out. I have asked and asked and asked and I cannot get my husband to get on board with my business. And they say that they keep doing it to which I say, your approach doesn't work. Mm -hmm. Find a different approach. Yep. And it's not something that you have the ability to like really watch the person and see like what kind of approach works for them and understand the person a little bit better. It's probably not something that you're gonna be able to do with somebody that you just met a month ago, right. but somebody that you're intimate with or your spouse, like I know the approach that works with Shaleen. So the approach that works with Shaleen is she's a studier. So like for instance, like whenever there's a new social media platform or a book or something that she wants to research, she dives into a book or dives into Google and like tries to research as much as possible about that topic, right? So if I wanna convince her to do something or to get on board with something that I'm gonna do, I need to go ahead and do a lot of that pre-work because it helps if I can present every option every fact about what we're going to do. Mm -hmm, that's true. Like for instance, I'm gonna give you just like an easy travel one. Hey honey, would you like to go over to Park City for a weekend? I've already checked. The flights are available at this time and this time. We would have to miss X, Y, or Z. So, I mean, I look at our schedule. I look at our calendar because I know all the questions and all the reservations and all the cons that she might have going into it. And I already do all the research. And if there is something like I need to fix, I fix it before I bring it to her. So then that way, like she can look at it and she can go, well, that does sound really good. And thank you so much for changing those things. And, mm -hmm. and let's sure, let's go ahead and do it. Yeah, I need I need all the research. Yep. And sometimes I think that, you know, I'm a positive person, but I do know that that can give people the impression that I don't like their idea or that I'm being negative because I'm going to ask 5,500 questions before I agree to it. Even if I like the idea, I want all the information. And the same thing is true when, you know, people 
want our advice if they've got like this great idea. I'm like, that sounds great. And then I ask 50 questions and they're like, well, I didn't need you to pick it apart. I'm like, oh, I'm not picking it apart. I'm just making sure all of the information's there in front of you, like you've thought about it. For him and for your partner, think about what motivates your partner. And I will say this, nobody likes to be told what to do. Nobody wants to feel like there's somebody else better than them or somebody's being reprimanded. Nobody wants to feel like they don't have choice or control or they aren't good enough or that they're being judged. So for the most part, when you're trying to get your partner to do something, it may feel to them like you are trying to either change them or get them to be someone they're not, or you're trying to tell them that they have a problem. So your approach is really key. And the first thing I want you to think about is like, what is it that motivates this person? When it comes to Brett, the thing that motivates Brett like no other is saving the day or helping people. Let's say that I have a bunch of errands that need to be run and the house is messy and there's a bunch of things in the business to do. And both of us could do all of these things rather than me saying, honey, here's a honey-do list and handing him a list of things that I have been so graciously working on crafting him a to-do list. Instead of doing that, what I'll do is be the damsel in distress. Do you know that I do this sometimes? Yes. And I'll go, um, he'll go, what's wrong? And I'm like, I'm just super stressed. And he'll go, with what? And I'll go, I just have all of this stuff I have to get done. There's just so much. It feels like I'm just, oh, honey, it's so much to do. He goes, well, let, he'll go, let me see. Let me see. And he'll go, well, I can do this. And I'm like, you can? And he's like, I can do this one too. I'm like, oh, you can? And he falls for it every time. That less usually comes out after sex too. No, it doesn't. <laughs> but it works. But it's a lot different from me saying, okay, here's a list of the things I need you to do. And here's a list of the things I will be doing. Like nobody wants to be told what to do. And it's kind of like with our kids, when we give them their chores, we put all their chores out on a big table. And we never, and we never tell them when we have a draft. We have a draft and they get to pick which chore they want to do. You know what's funny though? There might be 15 chores. That's a little much, but let's say there's 10 chores. And what we do is before they wake up, we put them on post-it notes on our kitchen counter, on our island in the kitchen. So when they come down, they see the post-it notes, which I'm sure at some point we're going to hear about like how that used to be like drive them nuts when they, oh, they would come still, Now they're mocking it. Now they're going, yeah. oh, yeah, there's post-it fun. notes. Yeah, oh, fo- it's, yeah, a, like, post- it's a draft. Yeah. Oh, this is so fun. So we don't put their names down there. We just tell them we'd like these done before you plan any fun activities on the weekend, right? And, you know, and they range from taking out the trash and, you know, picking up the dog mess and emptying the dishwasher and picking up your, just all the different things, right? And we list them. But the funny thing about it is it's never an equal, equal split. They literally, they know which job is harder. And if that person does the harder job, the other person will take three or four. Mm -hmm. Like Brock will do, Brock hates doing the dishes and he knows (laughs) it's a pain in the ass, right? we hate him to do the dishes. Yeah, he doesn't do them very well. And Sierra does a great job. So we might have dishes and like five other things and Brock will come down and do all five things because some of them are like manual type things and carrying heavy stuff out. And he'll do all five and Sierra will come down and Brock will say, hey, honey, or Sierra, I did all all five of these things and all you have to do is this. She almost gets happy. She's like, oh my gosh, so I only have to do one thing today. So it's kind of weird that they they don't pick like three and three. They pick like, they kind of have 
equal, like they have values on them. Like, yeah. you know, this one's worth $15, but this one's worth five. So you got to do three $5 ones type yeah, thing. But yeah. they don't get paid for them. They don't get paid for them. <laughs> but I just saw. They get so, free rent. If you have uh, an only child, you can do this too. You just make a huge list of chores, not all of which you expect them to do and let them draft the ones that they want to do. Yeah. Our last and final tip for you is a little bit more serious because I know we're talking about things that seem lighthearted, like spending time with in-laws or going shopping, trying a restaurant that you haven't tried before, a fitness program, a workout program, getting involved with a business. These things might seem lighthearted, but there are times when it's serious and your partner needs to get help, maybe. Maybe they're struggling with an addiction or an anger issue. Maybe their health is at risk because of the way they've allowed their lifestyle to just be last on the list of priorities. Like it's serious. It's really, really serious. And you've tried all of these other approaches. You've tried timing. You've tried doing as much for them as humanly possible. You've tried using every approach in the book, but there's something bigger there. It's a psychological issue. It's something that's far deeper than just kindness. This person really needs help. This person needs to make a change and it's no longer tolerable. Then what do you do? If you truly have looked in the mirror, and I really mean that, if first you have looked in the mirror and figured out what has your contribution to the problem been, what has your role been? How can you improve you? How can you try a different approach? Have you been to a therapist first? Have you worked on yourself first? If you've done all of that, have you prayed about it? Have you been as kind and as gracious and as caring? If you've done everything and it's really that serious, then you might be at a stage where you have to, as I say, not threaten, but give an ultimatum. But you're not just saying this. You're not saying if you don't change this, something's gonna have to change between us. And I wanna say this before we go any further. We've always had a rule in our marriage, we never, ever say the D word, ever. No matter how deadly the fight has been, deadly, no matter how bad the fight has been, no matter how mad we are, no matter how desperately you wanna get the other person's attention and hurt them, because that's what you do sometimes when you're fighting. Sometimes when you're fighting, you just wanna hurt the other person because they've hurt you. And so that has been a rule of ours, you never, ever say the D word. Ever, ever, never, never. Because then you say it again. The first time it might be shocking. Then the third time it's shocking. And then, then after a while, you've said it so much, you realize like it doesn't have any meaning. It's just an open threat. So now the only thing you have left to do is to do it. It becomes <coughs> more realistic, I think. Mm-hmm. Did you ever hear your parents use that word? Mm-mm. Me either. And you know what? I'm not going to lie. Like, we totally got lucky. We have parents who are both still married. How long have they been married, your parents? Like, 50 years? They're both getting close to 50. They're both like... Oh, yeah. yeah. My parents are coming up on 52. Yeah. They never said the D. I never heard... Never heard the D word. Ever, ever, ever. Never. And I think think it's important. I think they're like 46 and 47 years. It'd have to be more than that. No, because my dad just turned 70, so he didn't get married when he was 20. But you're 46. Yeah. So they got, they had me like a year after. So that's why I said it's like 46, 47, 47, 48, right around yeah. there. They're like a couple years away from the, yeah. what's the 50th anniversary? Like the golden, I think I it's golden I'm, anniversary. I'm afraid. Um, so, but there have 
been instances where, you know, things have gotten really serious, and I think this is true for anyone, where you have to say, if this doesn't change, here's what will happen. And you have to be very serious about that consequence and not have it be an open threat. You know, that it's like, especially for those of you who are with someone who maybe has an addiction or an anger issue, or it's not safe for your children then you have no choice but an ultimatum to say, you need to get help. And if you don't, here's what will happen. But that really needs to happen. And so you have to be ready for that. Stay together for the kids. Is that good or bad? I could never answer that. And just, you know, because there's so many possibilities there. Who could know the answer to that except you and your therapist and, and your spouse? Because there are circumstances where it's not healthy. It's not safe. But I do think that most people throw in the towel too early. Way too early. And you guys, marriage is a pain in the ass. And I'll never forget when we got married and we got cards from people and they would say things like, you know, marriage is hard and, you know, it, you know there will be ups and downs. I was always like, there won't be any downs. There will be no downs. <laughs> right. And I, it bugged me that people would write that. I'm like, if there are downs and that just isn't a good marriage, but there are downs and that's what makes the highs so beautiful. And we have friends who came from divorced parents and their parents came from divorced parents. And like the first time they start to fight and have like a really crappy time. It's like their natural reaction. They divorce. It's like, no, marriages go through crappy, awful, ridiculous times. Try not to say things that you'll regret. Try not to say things that you'll never be able to forget. But there are going to be awful, awful times. And that's what makes the good times so rewarding. And don't be afraid to go to therapy during the good times. Don't wait for the bad times. You know, go when it's good so you can learn to better communicate. I want to say first thanks to my husband, Brett Johnson, The Hangry Chef, whose book comes out in February. Make sure you get on that list, y'all. It's hangrychefguide.com for his kitchen essentials. It's all of his cool tools and gadgets and spices. spices. And what else? Spices, gadgets, Equipment. Nice. It's it's packed. It's cool. And then when you do that, you will also be first to find out when he releases a one-of-a-kind hangry cookbook, complete with the most amazing, beautiful photos, complete detailed recipes, as well as Brett and MP3. You can pop them in your earbuds and let him coach you through each and every recipe. Ideal for someone like me who just, well... It's not the best room in the house for me, the kitchen, let's just say. There's better. There are better rooms. <laughs> oh, no. Anyways, guys, thanks so much for spending this time with me. I really do appreciate you. So don't forget, you, you are, are the bomb.com. Bomb. Oh, my God. That was so bad. Annoyingly cheesy. Yeah. We were Anyways. like a duet. <laughs> oh, sorry about that, guys. See you next time. This episode has been sponsored by CourageousConfidenceClub.com. It's a club that I've created specifically to help people who struggle with confidence and insecurities and social settings and, and just standing up for themselves, being yourself and feeling good about it. All of us could benefit from having more confidence. I'd love for you to just experience a taste of it. So please be my guest by going to shaleenjohnson.com forward slash confidence tips. Now, if you don't feel like writing that web address down or remembering to go there later, all you have to do is while you're listening from your phone, send me a text message. The number is 949-565-4337. And that is for U.S. residents. Then just send me the word confidence and I will send you 
access to this video. This video will help you to eliminate self-doubt and just feel more confident in any situation, whether it's work or personal or just your social interactions. Every one of us can benefit from having more confidence. There you'll submit your email address and I will immediately send to your inbox my latest training video where I teach you step-by-step step how to feel more confident in just about any social setting. I think you'll find this incredibly useful, whether it's business or personal or just in your everyday interactions. Confidence is something that makes life easier. It helps you to raise more confident, self-efficient children. It allows us to speak our mind, to stand up for ourselves, to do the things that otherwise we are paralyzed by fear and we just allow our own thoughts to stop us. By learning how to overcome self-doubt and fear of success, you can become that confident person that others are attracted to. The person you wanna be, the person you deserve to be, the person you know is inside of you. So thank you for checking out my free tools by going to shaleenjohnson.com forward slash confidence tips.